Hey there, are you sick and tired of feeling sick and tired? Join Adol Kozilski and Fagy Stern as they explore ways to reverse chronic illness and achieve vibrant health. Your health is your only wealth and together we can be better. Hashtag Healthy You, Wealthy You. Well, I'm not feeling sick, thank God, nor am I tired. I am cold. Good morning, Faggy. Good morning, Adol. Horrid weather. <laughs> Listen, nevertheless, even though it is bad weather, we're here to warm the cockles of your heart. In fact, we're here to warm the cockles of your brain today, if there is such a thing. We are going to be discussing the living brain this um, today with one of our favorite people, Dr. Kassel, who needs no introduction to anybody in South Africa and perhaps in many parts of the world. He is a well-known um, pediatrician. And in the last time we had Dr. Kassel on the show, we were discussing brain development before birth and how important it is and what we should be doing in order to ensure good brain health for our children, you know, once we want to conceive them. But now we're going to talk about all things brain, living brain, and it is our absolute pleasure to welcome Dr. Kassel. Thank you for joining Morning, us. Morning, Idol. Morning, Peggy. It's a pleasure to be back. And a pleasure to be back in South Africa. It's uh, it's still, as the old saying goes in Afrikaans, worst, best, tastes best. Exactly. East, west, home is best. And well, I'm, we're very glad to have you back home because we missed you. We, we, we haven't had you for a long while to, to, to chat. Um, and, um, we're really excited that you are back on, on, on the show today. I'm going to hand it over to you and, um, you can give your introduction into our brains. I think they're, they're an important organ to worry about, right? Yeah. Well, if you might remember in my last show, I discussed the factors affect that can affect brain development even before conception. Those were the hereditary factors, the genetic factors, the enzymatic factors, the metabolic factors. Before a husband and wife, a couple actually contemplate a pregnancy. We also discussed in the same dissertation the factors during pregnancy that may act upon the brain and diagnostic tests that can be done during the pregnancy to assess the status of the brain. The purpose of my talk today is to talk about the living brain, what we're presented with from the time we take our first breath to the time we take our last breath, how the brain lives, what it does, how we nurture and look after that brain, uh, probably our most priceless, priceless asset that we have in the body. But before we can discuss anything, we must know, first of all, how we're going to discuss it. We're going to discuss it in two separate phases. The maturity of the brain, which is, which I'll outline for you, and the aging process of the brain, which I'll also outline for you. Now, the brain, the basic structure is like an, an electrical circuit. It consists of a neuronal cell. It consists of a fiber that connects that neuronal cell to a receptor or synapse. And that's, out of that receptor or synapse comes another nerve fiber which connects to the vital areas of the brain. 
Now, every single area of the brain has a function. It's like the, uh, like the countries on a map of the world. You see North America, you see South America, you see Europe, you see Asia. In the brain, you see a motor cortex, a sensory cortex, a visual cortex, an auditory cortex, an emotional cortex, a reading cortex. Every single living cell in that brain of ours has a function. Now, it's perfectly simple. If any of the waves from the neuronal cell to the area of impact in the brain are interrupted by any forces or any things that arise, you start to suffer from brain disorders. So you've got to understand how this little box works. And it's no different to Thomas Edison discovering electricity. He connected two wires and a light burnt. The brain is exactly the same. You connect wires and the brain functions. And all the other research that has got into the brain still has this basic principle attached to it. Now, let us just see how the brain develops. When the brain develops, you are born with half its adult size already in place by the time of birth. By the time of two years of age, two-thirds of its adult size is in place. And for the rest of that person's life, the brain only grows another third. Now, that is, is, is very, very important. There are six basic structures of the brain that are present at birth. All five of them are completely developed, and I'm not going into this. This is far too complicated. But the sixth one is not completely developed, and that is the maturational or the myelin complex. Now, what is myelin? Wherever you have an electric fiber, you need an insulation to that fiber. You need an insulation tape. Otherwise, wires would touch each other. You would get an electric shock. You'd get a fusion. You'd get the current breaking down. Well, the brain is exactly the same. The brain requires myelin to prevent this from happening. And all the metro, all the maturational defects that occur in the first six years of life, that's the major time because myelin is present in small quantities at birth. It develops maximally in the first two years and then it goes on developing for six years and reaches its almost full potential, but it's not finished yet. Myelin goes on forming until the, until the adult is 25 to 30 years old. And all the brain disorders, which I propose to discuss in uh, future programs, are related to developmental disorders of myelin. Disorders of the myelin sheath, where the electric wires may touch each other, where they may not have an adequate current flowing along them, they constitute your developmental disorders of childhood. Now, please, at this stage, I don't want you to get the impression that it's all very simple. 
that ADDH, breath-holding, enuresis, some of the most significant conditions in pediatrics fall into the category of just correcting an electric wire. It doesn't fall into that category. But the category it does fall into is you've got to be extremely careful. Don't prognosticate on conditions in the first six years of life. Dr. Dr. Kassel, we're going to go for a bit of a break. We are speaking, for those that have just joined in, to Dr. With, with Dr. Kassel. We're talking about conditions of the living brain. If you'd like to join this conversation, 34519 is our SMS line. 061-895-1019 is our telegram number. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern. You're listening to the Healthy You, Wealthy You show. We are talking to Dr. Kassel about our living brain. Hopefully most of us have a living brain. Dr. Kassel, just one thing that I wanted to ask from your introduction. Um, you were saying about the development, the, the development of the brain that a child is born already with half the adult brain. By the age two or three, there's two thirds. When does the brain stop growing? The brain actually never stops growing. Neuronal cells, like skin cells, keep on replicating all the time. And this is one misconception that one has to be got rid of. You know, a lot of teaching in the olden days was that if a brain was attacked and became diseased or non-functional, nothing could recover. This is not true. You have neuronal cells that have the capacity to regenerate all the time, even in damaged areas of the brain. So the brain never stops growing. It has to be, it, what, the factors that cause the brain to actually grow with increasing intensity and integrity are exercise, healthy diet, the avoidance of toxic substances. It's like any machine that you look after properly. You let it develop unhealthy substances on its terminals. You let it take in toxins in the form of drugs and alcohol, things like that. You damage the wave structures, the electrical structures of your brain. The brain never stops growing. The so maybe my question would have been, when when does it reach full maturity? Maybe I should have questioned well, that. Maturity is maximally developed in the first two years of life. In the first six years, it reaches a very, very high level. But the myelinization will go on until 25 to 30 years of age, until full myelination occurs. At that stage, the brain is fully myelinated. That what then happens to the brain with Alzheimer's in terms of growth or you know, the health of the brain? Well, in Alzheimer's, as you go from the maturity phase to the aging phase, so the aging phase starts to lay the ground for Alzheimer's disease. It's, it, it's analogous to not having, uh, not getting onto a, a treadmill when you have your first heart attack at the age of 60 or 70. That's not the time to get onto a treadmill. The time to avoid your first heart attack is with proper infant feeding, avoiding damaging the 
systems with incorrect feeding, incorrect food, laying down the grounds for atheroma and fat accumulation in your arteries. And that takes about 40 or 50 years till you have the heart attack. In the same way with Alzheimer's, this show is correctly titled The Healthy You, Healthy You Show. If you don't look after that brain and don't service it properly and don't nurture it properly and don't exercise it properly, and by the way, one of the best ways to stimulate neuronal development is good exercise. That is the best way to stimulate neurons developing. The other thing that you should remember is that the pattern of learning and memory is neuronal organization. Your neurons organize themselves in a specific way so that you learn and remember. Now, this is exactly what you do when you study, when you produce programs, when you write books. You're exercising those neurons. You're getting them into a specific pattern, and they are regenerating every day. And this is how you avoid your Alzheimer's. Start from the age of 40 when Alzheimer's starts developing, and you start not remembering the little things in life that happened yesterday. Start at that stage exercising your brain properly, eating properly, avoiding noxious substances, avoiding drugs, and you'll have a healthy brain. There you have it. That that is that is quite quite a wake up wake up call because we tend when we are very young to just abuse our bodies, not only our brains, all the organs in our bodies because they're still robust and they're able to bounce back. But what Dr. Castle is saying, and I think it's so amazing, is that we think that Alzheimer's is an old age disease, but actually it starts from way from way earlier. Correct. And the, the last point I want to make about the brain, it's the first of your living tissues to die. When the circulation ceases, and this is halakhically confirmed, uh, rabbis will tell you that you confirm death with the death of the brain. In other words, if you do an EEG and you take the electrical tracings of the brain and the EEG is a straight line, you know that the person is dead. And that usually occurs within about four to ten minutes of the circulation being cut off to the brain. This explains to you also why you can do organ transplantation. Because the brain is the first tissue to die. The heart doesn't die for 24 to 48 hours. Neither does the kidney, neither does the cornea. And you can do organ transplantations to your heart's content. Those tissues will still be alive and well. So it's Judaism and the understanding of Judaism is quickly approaching the knowledge we have today about death. It's a strange thing to have to go into the show and not be able to define death completely. But death from a Judaism point of view is the death of the brain. Hmm. When that brain dies, you're dead. Okay. So let's, that, that, that's a, that's a, that's a very interesting idea. Um, let's, let's go back and let's talk about our living brain and, and the, all right. so the, the diseases brain, and all the things that, you know, um, we need to worry about on a day to day basis. We, we have a multitude of conditions which are known as the developmental disorders of childhood, mainly occurring in the first six years of life, because that's when 
the development of myelin is defective. And these embrace a whole multitude of conditions. They embrace the hyperactive child, the ADDH, the learning difficulty, the dyslexia, the breath holder, the enuretic. It sounds like a long list of unconnected, disconnected conditions, but funnily enough, they're all connected. They have the same etiology. They have the etiology which you pick up on an EEG of electrical irritability or malfunction. What the, what the EEG people call emotional immaturity. So therefore you have to be very, very careful in prognosticating and telling a mother whose child has had a grade three or grade four intraventricular hemorrhage at birth, your child is a rital. It may not be a rital. There's neuronal regenesis. Other, other neurons develop. Other areas of the brain take over. And the first thing you learn as a pediatrician is to be very conservative with telling them what the brain is going to be at a year, what it's going to be at two years, what it's going to be at three years. Rather examine the child at that stage. Now, this, of course, leads on to the category of ADDH, uh, <clears throat> reading difficulties, dyslexias, emotional challenges, and these all occur in the first six years of life. The list is extensive. And how we tackle these, do you tackle them with drugs, as is the trend today? Probably not. The, uh, at the risk of, 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 of being uh, controversial, and I don't wish to be controversial, it's uh, drug, uh, drug administration is not the sole way of treating these conditions. Try to stimulate the neurons. Try to get the child into an environment that is conducive to him learning. And, and also try to be very discreet with your prognostication. Don't tell a mother it with a five or six year old child that her child is hopelessly, uh, disadvantaged, that it's never going to be all right. You may also get a very pleasant surprise when that child reaches six or seven years of age, develops good myelination and starts to alter his behavioral pattern altogether. This does happen and it has happened. So what, 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 what things do you, do you, um, just suggest? Um, what are the right things that mothers should be doing in order to enhance brain? Because it is an epidemic today. A lot of young kids in the age from six, even younger, they're, they're on medications trying to fix up all of these conditions yeah. that, that, that you're saying. Well, as I've always said, my, to all my talks, medication should always come last. Brain stimulation is essential from the moment of birth. There are ways of stimulating the brain. They even play music to children in utero. So the brain needs to learn. It needs to function. And this probably is a problem in the country in which we live because there is too little actual stimulation of the brain from the parent. It depends what type of stimulation. Read books to the child. Show them 
things, show them uh, videos, stimulate their brain constantly and develop their neuronal patterns. It doesn't matter that they're only two or three or four years of age. Don't leave them lying inert at that age. Because, and it also explains to you another very interesting factor. How, and I think I've said this in one of my previous programs, how does the genius, the Nobel Prize winner, and this is an example in South Africa, arise from the parent, the, uh, the husband who was a shoemaker and the mother who was a, just a, 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 a lady domestically? How do, she, how do those people produce a genius who wins a Nobel Prize in physics? They produce the genius by stimulating the brain in the first six years of life, being constantly with a child, not handing it over to a caregiver, who, uh, and doing those sort of things where the child gets no stimulation whatsoever. It is important to stimulate that brain at every stage of development, and the most important stage is the first six years of life. It's so interesting, Dr. Castle, you mentioned about music and playing music to a baby. Um, Adel, I think you have what to say about this neurobalancing, mm-hmm. about putting the probes on the brain to see where the, where, where there's, where the issues are and where the, can you explain a little so, bit about so that? Now, so now there's, there's technologies where you can actually, um, measure the brain circuitry to go and see where there is deficiency or there is overstimulation. And through music, through the waves of music, they're able to rebalance it again. And it's, it's actually quite, quite phenomenal. Um, like I've, I've had treatments. I've gone through, through treatments, uh, like that. And it's just quite, it's, it's just a quite an amazing thing that you sit there with, with headphones on in, in, you know, in your ears. The, the, the machine measures the imbalances of where things are. And then it plays specific music for what you need. And, and it, it's exactly that. It's stimulating the brain, you know, to, to come back to, to where it should be in the media, like, you know, that, that, that you are, that you are equally balanced left and right, that, you know, you're not, if you're overstimulated, it will shut down the stimulation. If you're understimulated, it will bring it up. And it's exactly that. And so I think that one of the things that you are saying and that is so important and like I'm kind of like thinking about it is that more than ever today, parents like just like education has become passive, you know, just Put a children in front of a screen and, and, and not say anything or, 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 you know, send them off with the, with the caretakers. And while we do acknowledge, and this is not, not, you know, something against everybody, we are all living hectic lives and, and we, you know, we, there, there's, there's challenge, financial challenges and other challenges. And so we're trying to do our best. Nevertheless, we need to be cognizant of the fact that the more you stimulate the child, the more you allow a child to explore and ask and learn and, you know, as opposed to them shutting down and just saying, you know, just go sit down and, 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 and watch that, uh, that cartoon again. You, you're able to, to stimulate your child and allow your child's brains to develop in a way that, you know, is far greater. I saw that a lot. I have to say during COVID that because parents now had to have their children at home, you know, it, like that, that idea of stimulation came you know, more to the forefront of what can we do to to engage children. You know? I think, though, Adel, at the same time, you know, in schools, kids are, exp- like, expected to sit at a desk the entire time. 
to listen the entire time, to keep quiet the entire time so that the teacher does have control of the class, that they can teach. I mean, I have utmost respect for teachers. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. But for some children, they can't. They need to move. They need to explore. They need to bounce. They need to, you know, have that kind of movement. And instead, they're put on a medication so that they can sit and concentrate the, the whole time. Yeah. Doctor, what do you say about that? You, you can't be more correct. Absolutely brilliant what you're both saying. The brain needs to be constantly stimulated, not by drugs, but by the way you handle the brain. And it, it, what Fagg is saying, what Adel is saying, or Fagg is saying, is that by what, doing what you're doing with your probes and with your music, you're arranging those neuronal patterns in such a way that the child has them for the rest of his or her life. That remains in the memory section of the brain, and that's the most important section. If, uh, and this is what we have to realize, that these things have to come first. I know overseas they use this neurobalancing specifically for kids with ADHD, ADD, autism, and it really apparently does you know, calm them down and help them a fortune. You'll get excellent results with this. Excellent results. This, this neurobalancing neuro they're also using for adults. I mean, I did it now when I was an adult. Yeah, if you're in child. a crazy stress mode also, you can't do anything. You can't concentrate. Or trauma. Or trauma. Yeah. So um, let, let, let's continue with, with, with you know. All your, right. Your no sooner have we matured there. our brain, yeah. then we start to encounter the problems of aging. That's about the age of 30 or 40. <laughs> These problems, <Okay>. of course, <laughs> may be precipitated prematurely by unforeseen circumstances. You may, God forbid, have a cerebral thrombosis or a cerebral hemorrhage or a tumor formation. Often the first sign of a tumor, where depending on the area of the brain in which the tumor arises, is symptoms related to that area. For instance, a brain tumor in the frontal or pituitary area will start off by giving you visual symptoms or emotional symptoms. So one has to realize that these factors may arise in between. The basic thing is still maturation and aging, but other factors may play a part in between the two. But let's continue with the, and just remember with this process that arises in between, Neuronal regenesis can and always does occur. Those busy neurons in your brain are always trying to replicate or regenerate themselves. So situations are not hopeless. We've seen this in patients with strokes, with paralysis, with simple re-education of the brain, with healthy exercise, with hydrotherapy, with physiotherapy, with biokinetics, you'll get an amazing improvement, not with drugs, but with the correct handling of the brain. We're speaking to Dr. Kassel. We're talking about the living brain. If you'd like to join the conversation, 34519 is our SMS line. 0618951019 is our telegram number. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kasilski and Fagy Stern. Indeed, and just a, a quick reminder to the listeners, if you would like to join a WhatsApp group where Peggy and I drop sometimes, not always, but sometimes a little more, a little bit less, 
But we try to encourage you to be healthy. You may join this WhatsApp group by sending an email to info at chaifm.com. Give us your name and your number. We'll gladly join you. It is admin run, so it's not going to spam. You're most welcome to uh, keep it on silent. But at the end of the day, as Dr. Kassel um, has been promoting, and we promote this all the time on the show, in order to remain healthy, it's a work in progress. It's a day-to-day routines that we have that we have to ensure that we are giving our body that which it needs physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, um, to ensure that we can get the best of, uh, uh, out, of, out of out of our bodies and our brains. All right, so Dr. Kassel, you want to bring out a few more points. Yeah, I want to bring out the point of the aging process. With tremendous advances being made in the study of brain metabolism and how toxic waste products arising from this metabolism can contaminate, interrupt, or even completely cut off the complex electrical circuits of waves. These studies are now being done daily in centers in America, centers in Israel, and centers all over the world. And a completely new picture of the functioning of the brain is beginning to emerge. We're beginning to understand that the non-clearing of waste products is probably the prime cause of the conditions of Alzheimer's, dementia, and Parkinson's. These waste products arise from certain substances that may be given, certain toxins that may come into contact with the brain, and gradually over the years they accumulate. One is understanding, for instance, in, in, in Alzheimer's, they now know that at the terminals, at the synapses of the brain, where the current flows, you get an accumulation of a sticky substance called amyloid, which completely cuts off the electrical circuits. So how do you treat Alzheimer's? You don't treat it with pills and medicines. It's not going to help. You treat it by clearing the amyloid or finding out how to clear the amyloid or treat it or finding out why the amyloid arises in the first place. And that's what research, mainly in Israel, is now being centered on. And, of course, related to Alzheimer's, there's never an isolated disease. Alzheimer's, dementia, Parkinson's all have the same basis to it. The non-clearance of toxic waste products at the terminal synapses in the brain. I don't know if you've ever seen in your motor car, when you take out a dud battery, it has stuff spilled all over the top of the surface that hasn't been washed away. And that stuff that accumulates there stops the battery from functioning. The, the understanding of the etiology of these diseases is as simple as this. In conclusion, I'd like to say, and I'd like to repeat it time and time again, look after your brain. Exercise it to the full. Lubricate it all the time with healthy diet in the, for the care and maintenance of its enzyme systems. And above all, discover and unlock the keys to the removal of noxious products that may occur in the circuits and interrupt or cause complete cessation of cerebral function. Then you will understand why a person suddenly stops speaking and appears to be dissociated from the world. 
It's a cutoff of his electrical circuits. And that's what we have to understand. And the last thing that I want to mention is just uh, second last thing. So we're running out of time. Lastly, be proactive rather than retroactive. Your living brain is your most priceless asset. It's there for you to handle every living moment of the day. And look, look after it. Take care of it. Don't abuse it. And the abuse of the brain is with drugs and, and, and sometimes with medication. Don't do those things. And incorrect feeding. I know I keep mentioning my granddaughter in Israel, but she's at the moment writing a book on a healthy diet and how an unhealthy diet can affect brain structures. Obviously, this is the way one has to go. Be proactive rather than retroactive. And, of course, I want to stress the point here, lastly, of neurogenesis. For a long time, it was believed that if your brain was impeded by whatever, by thrombosis, by hemorrhage, by a stroke, by a tumor, you were, you were a rital. You're not a rital. The neuronal cells keep on replicating all the time. They can replicate other areas of the brain can take over, even in the damaged areas. You've got to learn how to stimulate these properly. As Adel has said, with probes, with music, with playing music, arrange those neuronal patterns in the correct formation, and that is how well you will produce your genius. Well, that I was a genius. Yes, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> I hope we can you see, Dr. Castle, that you've exercised like your brain do, really well. What I'd like to do in subsequent programs is discuss some of these conditions a little more fully, particularly the very controversial subject of ADDH, emotional immaturity, the question of the use of Ritalin's to uh, a concerta and uh, the like and where these fit in and where actual, actually what I've said today fits in, allowing for the maturational process. I think that is very, very important. It is indeed very, very important, and we are certainly going to pen, pen you in for, 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 the, for, for our next show. Um, and I think AD, ADD and ADHD are very, very important topics today. Um, I know it's, it's like a plague. Um, in our societies today, and um, I think that we do need to re-educate ourselves or actually not necessarily re-educate, but open our minds up to a much broader um, a, a broader idea of what it is and what it is that we can do as opposed to not only putting our kids on medication, though we do um, take cognizance that sometimes that is necessary. Thank you so much, Dr. Castle, for joining us as always. And to end off, we have a happy birthday. Oh my goodness. Thank you. I'm 40. I'm, I need to start exercising my brain. I'm 40 today. What? No, 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 you're not going to have to know. It's downhill from now. No, no. Dr. Castle saying it's uphill from now. Right. Well, you should have a happy birthday, a healthy year filled with lots of health, wealth, and, and all, all, all good things. That Thank you. Abundant blessings. Thank you. And to all the listeners out there as well, everyone should just have health and happiness and all the good things that everyone wishes for. Amen. Happy birthday, Peggy.
Thank you, Dr. Castle. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for joining. We'll be back next week. Same time. If you would like us to discuss um, any particular topic, you can also send an email to info at highfm.com, and we will try our best to 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 bring these ideas to the fore and have an open discussion. In the meantime, stay warm and stay healthy. This is 101.9 High FM.